Welcome back to Talking Points. This is your host, Brian Kelly, The Points Guy. This episode may feature offers that are subject to change and are offered by our advertising partners. ThePointsGuy.com is a free website, so we do advertise in order to generate revenue. For a full listing of our advertising policy, go to ThePointsGuy.com slash advertising. Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Points. And today we've got an innovative CEO, not just in the travel industry, but in the tech industry. I'm excited to have the CEO and chairwoman of Clear, Karen Seidman Becker. Karen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming over to Clear's offices today. Yeah, so congratulations. You guys are in this beautiful new Midtown office. You've been growing year over year, and you can see it physically in the space. So let's just talk a little bit about the history of Clear. So I'm one of the, I don't know what original Clear members back in the day before you owned it. So Clear was started by a company, a lot of people signed up and then went bankrupt, right? What, what exactly happened there? Yeah, the bankruptcy word, never a good word. Clear was started as a response to 9-11 in partnership with the government by Steve Brill and a team of innovative folks who thought biometrics were a great solution to enhance security and delight travelers. And they were right, but they might have been early. The economic downturn biometrics were probably ahead of their time. And so they were levered. They had debt due. The world fell apart in 2009. The technology and cost structure wasn't where it should have been. And so they shut down very unceremoniously. Yeah, June I remember 22nd, it was, 2009. We still and they were Denver-based, the right, or something? They were New York City-based. I remember so vividly going through the JFK, the old Delta terminal, when I signed up. And there was all this debate because biometrics and giving so much of that data back then was really controversial. And meanwhile, I was like, you know, everyone has my info anyway. I had actually been right after 9-11. There was an Irish terrorist, Brian Kelly. So me and my dad were on that terrorist list for a good two years in 2002. And I mean, it was terrible. We couldn't check in for flights. And so I've I've always been scarred by that experience. I'm like, I'm I'm happy to give whatever information I have to to not go through that again. So so the company went under. Company went under. And so before Clear, you were in the hedge fund biz. Sure. You're, Just like every good operator. I, you know, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, for the record, worked at a hedge fund. Just saying. <laughs> um, but Do you feel like that has a bad connotation? I think it does. And yet I think it should have an excellent connotation because we were value-oriented investors, long-term investors looking across different businesses. And I had the fortunate position to have a front row seat Two companies like Priceline post-2002 that almost died and had a brilliant management team that turned it around. To see Jeff Bezos, who people thought was going to die in the dot-com blow-up, turn Amazon into what it is. To see Steve Jobs return and turn Apple, which started with the candy-colored computers upon his return, and build a platform. And Mm -hmm. what you see across those companies is management teams with not so much historical experience in their industries. I mean, Steve, yes, but not at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And focus on the customer, build solutions for the customers, build the customer's trust, and then build this platform, which if I can delight you on the Priceline brand, I can use this travel platform for bookings and active and all these different things. If I can delight you on my hardware desktop Mm -hmm. platform, we can take that to laptops, we can take that to iPods, and the iPod ultimately becomes a phone. And so you keep going. Amazon, if I can delight you with books, 
I can sell you anything. Yeah. And so, and then continue to optimize it, and it's never good enough. And so, I was fortunate to watch all that. They they defied all the critics. We're sitting in the mm-hmm. indefatigable room at Clear. <laughs> that is our core mantra, right? Persistent and tireless. And to watch incredible people do incredible things. And as I like to say, I didn't want to die and have people say I pick good stocks. <laughs> uh, the opportunity to build a company that was member centric, and when I say member centric, it's team members and customer member centric. Uh, that made our world safer and that delighted customers. That was an awesome opportunity. So, so you saw it, even though it had this, you know, the, the the slow kind of, well, actually quick car crash sort of end in the, in the you saw the opportunity in that. And what was it? Just yeah. Did you know the original founders? So here's a bizarre, no, I did not. And I wasn't a member. I looked at it once at the Grand Hyatt going up to a conference, but did not join, but was invested in one of the biometric pro- solutions um, that helped build Clear, and that was L1. Uh, and so... What I saw was, ready for my McDonald's analogy, (laughs) long time ago in 2002, we invested in McDonald's. And McDonald's had blown up the stock for a variety of different reasons. And everyone said, oh, McDonald's, obesity lawsuits, it's the end. And what you saw was a giant line of cars out the drive-thru and a company that investors no longer cared about. And so I call that the dislocation between Main Street and Wall Street. Mm -hmm. At Clear, what we saw was the opportunity to build a biometric platform, a secure identity platform. Uh, So that's from a research perspective. But when I sat next to people at a dinner party or talked to people and said, hey, we're looking at Clear, they would literally whip out the card from their wallet. It was shut down. They, you know, hadn't gotten their money back. They didn't know where their data was. They were frustrated. They were mad. They kept the card and they said, we love Clear. We miss Clear. Mm -hmm. The power of that brand, the power of that service and that experience, that was it. And so to know that we had a vision of a secure identity platform, that biometrics were going to change the world, they were doing it outside the U.S., not yet inside the U.S., and to see the passion that customers who had not been treated very well, actually they were treated terribly at the Mm -hmm. end, the power of that brand. That they still loved it after all that. That's That was was the best focus group you could have had. And so... Like we were just talking about when I when I tried to do my small thing, people said you're crazy, you're crazy. I always like to think whenever people say you're doing something crazy, you're probably onto something. Yeah. So I'm sure you had no shortage of people in your life that were like, stay away. I mean, I love my mom dearly, <laughs> but the thought of her daughter leaving Wall Street yep. to buy a bankrupt company was not good cocktail party conversation. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> but uh, so so talk us through that. So then you 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 were circling clear. It had officially sort of died, and then you. Did you bring together a group of investors? Did you? How did you? So how did you approach it? I approached it with the same business partner that I've now had for 18 years, who uh, was I was partnered with in asset management, and we went about it with our own money, saying we want to buy this company and we want to build this company, and so we used our own money and some outside investors who I believe in the power of partnership, and we had been uh, leading Orient's capital for eight years, and we had been at other businesses and always done right by investors and built those relationships and that trust. And so when they heard what we were doing, many of them came along. And they. Uh, so it was us and some outside so when you, investors. when you first got the keys to the castle, when, yeah. you, when you looked around, what, what was the state better or worse than you thought you were going to get? It, it? was shut down. There was nothing. <laughs> there was and it no was castle. worse. There was no castle. It was Ken and I in a room. And we left, and, you know, nothing says I love you like a bankruptcy auction, yeah. which is the most bizarre experience. And... I, we left that night, and they're like, you're the winner. And 
like bringing home a new baby from the hospital is like great now what yeah right we have this vision and we literally have five page to-do lists from those first weeks each of us separately um and and it's just you're in it it's almost ignorance is bliss we had done due diligence but you don't know what you don't know and how many members did were there when it shut down originally there were 190,000 members when it shut down originally after about five years there were 18 airports but the majority of customers came from six airports Denver yeah. Orlando San Francisco New York at Atlanta and so we at the the stuff was in storage the hardware we Ken and I were visiting warehouses to find kiosks and cartons of information <laughs> in storage facilities there were no employees, and we were uh, so the custom. Were, we were like you know the customer service, the telephone operator, the email writer, the marketing department, the operations team, and we went about building. A who team. were your first couple hires? A treasurer, someone in accounting, a COO who came from the airport uh, airline industry at the time. So, so some folks in operations, and then we had a lot of folks on the technology and innovation side, some of whom had experience with old clear or the defense industry or biometrics, and then a customer service person. So we look, it's 2019 now, and you've got 3 million members active. So congratulations on that pretty impressive growth. Thank you. I, I guess my first question is, do you consider clear a travel company? No. So we consider Clear a secure identity platform, which is using biometrics to make the world safer and easier to navigate. Secure and frictionless. There are so many different words that we bat around here. We're building this connected world. And travel connects the world. So I think it's an incredibly important vertical. It is the place where security and identity not converge but collide and uh, where customer experience matters so deeply and where security matters so deeply. And it's also where Clear died and where it was the most obvious use case to bring it back. I will say that I've been in, I'm from DC. My parents worked for the government. My grandparents were immigrants. I cared deeply about the state of our country, about security here. Mm -hmm. I'm also a paranoid neurotic New Yorker <laughs> and and you know 9-11 were you in the city on 9-11 I was not I actually took a plane on 9-10 I flew to LA on a 10 p.m. flight on September 10th and then the next morning I fell asleep with CNBC on at the hotel going to a Merrill Lynch media and telecommunications conference and woke up to the voice of Mark Keynes on CNBC a few hours after I landed and there were people I knew in those towers. There were people that people at the conference knew. It was a surreal experience. Uh, we were stuck there, got back many days later. My parents worked in D.C. trying to find them. My husband was here in New York. And it changes the way you look at mm -hmm. the world. And I, for me, it changed the way I felt my moral obligation to make this world a better yep. place, which is how I send my kids off to school every morning, right, with that sort of mantra. And Clear was the platform that that absolutely fulfilled that need for me to leave the world better than I found it. And let's just, uh, I want to, I mean, because that is such an interesting challenge. Like everyone sort of hates airport security, but everyone knows that it's, you know, 9-11 is not distant in the distant past. And we all want to make sure flying is safer. Um, but it's always so hard because, and, you know, let's, we've agreed today, we're not going to put down the TSA. I mean, the, the TSA serves an important role. That's for another another podcast episode. But, I mean, it is – as travelers, we don't want to be inconvenienced, yet we want to be safe. And there's, like, this big 
And so how can – and I do think clear is important because we should – it is kind of silly to think of a, a human checking two faces on an old ID and someone with a new haircut. It's, it's unrealistic to think that we're going to get – we should be using technology not only to speed it up but for accuracy. And, and that's really what clear does, right? So for people who don't know clear – Explain the ecosystem in yeah. an airport. You know, like what is what information does Clear have, and yeah. why does Clear make us safer? So before we even get there, I think to your point on TSA, and it's worth putting forth TSA and. 2001 put forth the concept of a registered traveler program and started, right? And so I want to say, and I think people don't recognize it enough, the power of public-private partnership. And CLEAR is here. I would argue TSA at the beginning incubated CLEAR, right? CLEAR is here because TSA thought that working with the private sector on innovation to Mm -hmm. make things safer and easier was a good idea. And so... I think I'd like to think that we proved their concept right and are taking it further, faster in partnership with them. And I was saying that I traveled yesterday as I went through to look at those TSA officers and say, thank you for what you're doing. And I'm sorry, I think it's incredibly important because what you've also seen is the importance of what they do when there's a 90 minute line as the most viral thing, you know, in Atlanta. Uh, And so clear is about, to your point, how do you make things more secure? How do you make them more frictionless? And I would say travel is beyond airports. You think about trains, you think about cruises. You got to put that whole travel ecosystem together. And it's ensuring that you are who you say you are. You are you. And we know something about you, whether it be that you have a boarding pass or, you know, from a a pre-check perspective, which is a TSA program, but there's also other opportunities to say you're a known traveler. And that can change your experience. And so CLEAR is about a customer-centric enrollment process. Enrollment in these programs is difficult and often not Mm consumer-friendly. And so CLEAR was about making it a less-than-five-minute enrollment process where we are uh, digitally authenticating your identity document. Like every time you're taking out your driver's license. Why? We're going to say it's real once. It's absolutely real on a digital basis, not on a manual Mm -hmm. basis. And then you're going to get a uh, trusted identity quiz to ensure you're the person on that document, right? So the document's real, you're the person on the document. Fingerprints, iris image, and face become those documents. Your credit card, because you're paying, and your driver's license. And so it's almost like you're merging with your wallet when you enroll. And so every time you're putting your fingerprints down or your iris or your face, you are those documents. Mm -hmm. And you are the information on those documents, right? So that's about the enrollment process. That's the enrollment and then the verification process. Every time your fingerprints or iris, which is what we're using today at the airport, reflect what you're constantly pulling out of your wallet in, you know, sub one second. And then on top of that, from that ecosystem perspective, we've then built through APIs into different things. So we've just launched in 20 different markets with Delta Biometric boarding pass. If you go to LaGuardia today, your fingerprints are both your driver's license and your boarding pass, taking nothing out of your wallet. You go into the lounge, you use your biometrics to check in at 50 different lounges today. Again, taking not your boarding pass or your yeah. you know, I hate driver's that when you got license. your phone, your license. Your... But why? Why yeah. are you doing all these things? And then think about the power of facial as we continue to roll that out. It's another nonstop. So biometric bag drop, which we have rolled out in two markets, biometric identity and biometric boarding pass, biometric lounge access, the biometric boarding. We've also done outside of airports biometric payment and age validation for alcohol because mm-hmm. you are your driver's right. license and you are your There's credit no card. Fake IDs. Why are you... <laughs> 
I'm glad I, know I already I'm went through college. That for everyone. Um, we don't have ubiquity yet, yeah. but when we do, yeah. uh, and so the fact of the matter is that you're whipping, you know, just like you're taking out your driver's license and your boarding pass, it would be your driver's license and your credit card. You are you. So you could literally, in that curb to gate experience, from the time you enter the airport to the time you board the plane, take nothing out of your wallet, have a better customer experience. And it's not just the lines. What kills me is when people thought, well, Clear is a line-skipping company. It's no more a line-skipping company than going to an ATM versus a bank teller. Mm-hmm. You don't think, oh, you're in line for the bank teller and I'm at the ATM machine. So you're, you're, you're just saying you're using technology for an automated process and that automation scales. You could put eight bank tell, you know, eight ATM machines. And so we continue to grow Clear Pods. Mm-hmm. In in the verification lanes and the enrollment, so that you can verify eight people every one one and a half seconds. Then you think about adding e gates to that. You think about, I mean, we yeah. have so many ideas. Our view is to be the innovation partner to airports, to airlines, well, to, to the government. I'm thinking, you know, just on that, like you being a partner with TGI Fridays, where you've got a machine at every bar, so that you just put your two fingers, and then that's much better than being in a dark bar trying to, or it, when you, you know, have a bartender waste time on. Is this a fake ID or correct? And when you think about how just don't put breathalyzers, that's going too far, Karen. (laughs) How good fake IDs have become, and you know, in addition, even if it's a real ID, I look a lot like my sister. Yeah, and so it's the power of identity and the data around that identity, right? Because access and entitlements are rooted in identity. Can you come to this floor? Can you come into this building? Do you are you in the right terminal? Should you be flying today? And so, and it's real time, and it's networked, and it's powerful. And so that's the concept. But it's again going back to that line. It's not about the lines. It's about the experience and the confidence. I know that when I was telling you I I live about 20 minutes from LaGuardia, if I leave at 6 a.m., if I leave at 7.15 a.m., it's a different time. If I leave at 5 a.m., it's 17 minutes. And so I know that. And I know how long it will take me to get through a clear lane, right, averaging less than five minutes. And then I know that I'm at gate whatever, and that's usually a five-minute walk, or I'm at T4, you know, at JFK, and it's a 20-minute walk. I know with confidence exactly how much time so I can have breakfast with my child or stay at work longer or do another meeting. I have control over my life, and I'm a control freak, so I want everyone to have that. A lot of people who listen to this podcast are frequent travelers. And and just so people are very clear, when you have clear, you know, I show up at LaGuardia. I have pre-check. But you go up to the clear station. You don't take anything out. You put your two fingers on it. They take you to the front of the TSA pre-check lane where you show your boarding pass. And then you get basically, I mean, as much as clear is not a line skipping company, it does help skip lines. Especially even though TSA pre-check lines move quickly, it does save time. I mean, that's a... It's an an automated experience, which in and of itself expedites right. things, right? Because you are, and you can leverage. So we're looking at verifications per minute, verifications per second. So we know when we need to add more pods or we need to yeah. add more people to ensure a rapid experience. Whatever is going on there, there could be two people in line at, at the TSA line, or there could be, you know, 200. It's about an automated, an automation means greater security, automated, expedited experience. 70% of our customers today are pre-check eligible on any given flight. We love pre-check. Well, I have pre-check. So if someone doesn't have pre-check, but they get clear, they still will go to the front of the pre-check lane. They would go to the standard screening the standard, lane. Got so it. if pre-check is physical screening, it's the ability to keep your coat, shoes yeah. on, and laptop in the bag, unless you're like me and wear heels, and every time the heels make it ding. So... <laughs> 
In that case, it doesn't work. But in either case, it's the it's the physical screening experience, yeah. either standard. Have you or talked regular. to the TSA? Because you know, if a clear member like to get them expedited pre-check because you have all the info, like it seems we, like that would make sense. There to- are many opportunities to continue to grow our public-private partnership yeah. with TSA, and we are never You've said lacking. That before. <laughs> we are never lacking ideas yeah. and willingness. And yeah. and I do think it's a moment, right? It is a moment. Travel keeps growing. If you grow travel a few percent a year, that's millions of people into airports. we got to find ways millions to get the of people. Quicker, yeah. what are you, I mean, they're already building a new terminal for LaGuardia. Like, how much more space is there? There's not that much more space. Gotta get people and to, the threat yeah. environment keeps evolving. So going back to the power of biometrics makes it more secure and can process more people in a more frictionless way. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful in airports, and lots of the rest of the world are looking like airports, sports stadiums, buildings. They're all looking like airports. Yeah, I went to the Yankees game this past year and used Clear for the first time, and even though I was in a suite, there was still a really long line, and it's very confusing, but I saw that Clear logo, and it, I mean, it got me through. And, and, you know, especially, you know, people who value their time, it can easily pay for itself. So let's talk about data, because, you know, we're on the heels of the biggest, you know, Marriott breach, and you must have an incredible amount of data on where people travel, what people are now buying. So how do you protect that? And, you know, what yeah. do you say to people who say, no way, clear, that's too much clear, like yeah. I don't want to give you it? So number one, go back to how we started, which is we bought this company and it had destroyed trust. And so from the very beginning, from day one, it was about rebuilding that trust and trust and integrity and protecting data, securing data, protecting privacy has been part of our DNA from the very first day. And so it is incorporated in every aspect of our business, from the architecture to the policies to the process. We were very public at the beginning with our privacy policy. We but we took out pieces and bolded them because you know people don't scroll through. We put our names, and to this day, when you get your customer service survey, it's signed by me. Um, we have put our names on the uh, website, email, call. It's really important that people know we will not sell or share that data. We sell experiences by securing your data and protecting your privacy. And that has, we've been banging the drum on that now since 2010. And so with everything that's happened in the past 24, 36 months, magnified over the last 8 to 10 months um, with what's gone on on Facebook and other mm-hmm. places, we just keep saying it louder and louder that we are about protecting your data. We do not sell or share data. And, you know, it's a complicated yeah. world and it is so important to build that trust. And it's also important that that's why we have ambassadors bringing technology to life. I believe in technology and automation, but I think interesting to biometrics is humanity, whether it be your fingerprints or your iris or the humanity of our folks talking to people, our ambassadors, and sharing and answering questions because trust is everything. Yeah, and it's, it, it, we were talking how disjointed the travel process is and how stressful it is, and this is just one way to kind of clear blockages in that whole process of you know leaving your house and, or going to an event. So let's talk about the pricing model. How does clear pricing work? How do you recommend people? You know, We have a, a link with the points guy, but I know you guys have a relationship with Delta. So what's the annual membership, base membership for Clear, and what are some of the ways you'd recommend someone who's interested in trying it out? Well, of course, the points guy. No, you don't have to push on <laughs> it. <laughs> we, we may come out with something uh, special, but stay tuned yeah. for that. So, you know, one of the important things that we've done, because 
technology seeing is believing, experiencing is believing. Uh, you look at Netflix, you look at Amazon, they offer free trials because into Amazon Prime because they want people to experience their service. And so we offer free one-month trials if you enroll at the airport. And then that goes into $179 a year. One month, you don't get charged, but I think it is a great way for people who are like, I don't know. To experience it. And to sign up at the airport, you just need... You just need a driver's license or a passport or a military ID. The forms of ID, government-issued ID, are listed on our website. And so that is a great way to experience it. Delta members do, if you're Delta Diamond, it's free for you. So that seems like a no-brainer. And then Delta uh, Platinum and Gold and Silver are either $79 or $99. And so that is great. And we're in the majority of Delta's network. I think it's important to say that today we're in 27 airports and we're going to be opening. We opened four airports in the last few months and we're going to be opening uh, eight to ten more this year in 2019. What is the process when you when you say when your members say we want to be in X airport? Like, so you, I'm sure you have a whole team that works yeah. with. There's so many people at run airports. Like, how do yes, it's so much longer and harder than I thought. At the beginning. <laughs> and so every airport is different. They're and run it's like by, JFK is really like eight airports. Oh lord, yes. <laughs> um, and yet we're so excited to be in Terminal Four. That was a long time coming at JFK, and customers have been loving it. And so. We go to the airports, right, who are run by cities, who are run sometimes by separate, um, like in Orlando, it's the Greater Orlando Aviation uh, Group that runs it, and we're uh, telling them that we can really do four things. Number one, make travel safer. Number two, delight their travelers, get them through security faster and on the other side at their Starbucks and all the, I mean, there's so many great concessions now and stores, local ones popping up in Mm -hmm. airports. It's not good if you're running through, putting your belt back on and can't experience it. Uh, we create jobs in cities and add, we're a force multiplier, right? So employees on the floor serving clear members and non-members, helping everyone get through the airport. And then also we share revenues back with cities, which is really important and powerful. And so it's it's more like a four or five year sales cycle. And when you buy a bankrupt company, there's a long, I got to show you that we're going to yeah. do what we say we're going to do. So uh, we doubled our network over the past 18 months. And we expect to be in the top 40 airports, you know, in the next 18 months. And then, so and be, then internationally yeah. as well. And then stadiums. Stadium, is that a growing – Absolutely. It's hugely growing. And so we did a deal with Major League Baseball where Clear is the official biometric and ticketing partner of Major League Baseball. And so that's really exciting as we think about your faces, your ticket, which we expect to launch this year. And we did our first one with the Mets where your fingerprints are your tickets the same way as your biometric boarding pass. You start to see – all mm-hmm. these parallelisms and similarities in different industries. Your boarding pass is the same as your baseball ticket. And uh, and customers are loving it, and it's the new customer expectation. So, yes, we'll be launching in more sports stadiums with more leagues. And then we're driving that experience same way curb to gate and airport. What you see with the Seattle Seahawks is it's the fast lane in. It's your ability to buy your beer with your fingerprints, which are your driver's license and your credit card. And then your face is going to be your ticket. And so... Same oh, so, that's, so you have purchases stadiums. now linked to it as Correct. well. Correct. That's awesome. So far in Seattle, but more to come. So, you know, yeah. there's um, there's clearly great pricing with Delta. If you enroll in a sports stadium, it's actually free. And so, but you can only use it at the sports stadium and then in that, but without the whole, throughout the whole network, and then you could upgrade to the airport. So there's so many different ways to get involved with Clear. There's the freemium model, there's the airport model, because I just want to try it out, 
or there's the lower priced model, which is I'm going to pay full cash up front here, but at a lower price. What's also been really important to us, I'm a mom of three, and so the family plan is super important. Kids under 18 go for free, do not have to be enrolled. They just have to be with you. And then you can add up to three family members for $50 each. So we are about driving the price down to bring it to as many people as possible and have them experience it in great way. Because what we look at is cost per use. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do for, right, the more, the more people, people use it, it yeah, the greater you value you it is. You don't have your ambassadors standing around doing nothing. You'd much rather have people using of it. Of course, yeah. of course. And it's the way of the future. Like, yeah. it's a no-brainer. People always say, well, I know, people get mad at me because I promoted Global Entry very heavily. They actually used to hang it up in the Global Entry sign-up offices because the post went viral. And it was funny when I went in for my interview, they were like, thank you so much for spreading the word. People now yell at me because they're like, too many people using Global Entry. And I knew clear our readers liked it because people would be like, okay, I got it. Now stop promoting right. it. You know, But you want more and more people to be. And, and really, sh- there's no. I don't think I've ever seen a line at a clear. Our job is to serve point. our members and to continue to scale. And when you think about it, there was the one the easy mer- yeah, pass more. lane and six cash. Lanes and now you have six yes. easy pass lanes and one cash lane. And so we want people to be, yeah. We obviously want people using it, but our job is to serve them. And um, as subscriber based business, it's all about retention. And the only it keeps you very honest and on your toes because the only way to retain people is to treat them very well. And we are obsessed with the customer experience. So, you know, at the points guy, we're obsessed with credit cards and, you know, you get free global entry and pre check now. And I've been telling all of our credit card partners, you got to add clear, you got to add clear. And I know. There have been discussions, and I'm sure. What can you share with us? Yeah. And can we expect Clear to be a, a, a benefit of any major credit card in 2019? That's a good question. So we've had, we are having lots of great partnership conversations. Lots of different industries are starting loyalty programs, right? And so I think a lot of people are modeling after the credit cards, whether it be ride sharing or hotels or things of that nature. Everyone and. Uh, airlines and so at some level it's the same interesting it's the same folks who would be joining um We've had lots of credit card conversations. Sometimes I think that the passion for Clear is so high, it scares the credit card companies because they think the uptake will be too high. So I don't know. I do think that we're having interesting conversations and that do you need a plastic credit card or could your face be your credit card? And what we're really interested in doing is integrating, right? You don't just want a marketing deal. The question for Clear is how you integrate into the whole customer experience and those customers who are really using the clear experience, which is biometrically enabled, then have better deals across the board, whether they're paying or they're ticketing or they're getting through the airport or a sports stadium. I do know we're highly aligned, right, from a customer-centric perspective and experience perspective. Lots of credit card companies are focused on giving their customers better and differentiated experiences, and we do that well. Um, I know we have to wrap up shortly, but I want to talk about, so one of our, uh, my close friends, Claudia Ashray, girl with no job, on our a previous episode, wanted me to relay a message to you, and that was on the busiest day of the year, day after uh, Christmas. She was so excited to use Clear as a medallion, and there was some sort of shutdown. What what exactly happened there, and what would you say to a uh, admittedly loudmouthed fan that was upset? Yeah. So first of all, we look at NPS score and customer surveys, which I just said I sign myself and look at daily and wear it on our sleeves. So I did see what Claudia said, <laughs> and I'll get to the reason why in a second. But worse than the shutdown was the fact that she thought I didn't care. That Those weren't her exact words. I believe she used an expletive. And that... <laughs> 
uh, as an owner operator, that horrified me more than anything. And I was going to email her before this, but now I'll do it after because every <laughs> single person here cares so deeply. To say we're obsessed with the member experience, we share at the beginning of every town hall clear saved me stories, which are really words that our members use to share their experiences. And you always hear them. Um, and when clear fails you, it's horrifying, but it's also an opportunity for us to learn. And we focus more on our detractors and our challenges than we do on our successes because we're always getting better. And so there was an outage, a well-publicized CenturyLink ISP outage that impacted things nationwide. Connectivity is crucial to our business, and it went down. But we own it. Nobody wants to hear, sorry, CenturyLink's ISP is down. And so the question is, when you're in the cloud, you know, which is great usually for serving people, and you have an outage, there's no way to connect to the cloud. And so, to put it bluntly, it sucked. Yeah. Um, and how, long, we, how long does it take to reconnect? Because I remember her, her thing was, do I wait or do yeah, I just wait? No. I mean, Would you recommend, is it normally like two minutes, so you should wait? or? I mean, it rarely happens. Sometimes there's a local outage. So let's just say there's an outage in you know Denver that could go for a minute or two, and but no place else. There is an outage where you wouldn't even know when it goes from wireline and kicks over to wireless. So typically, like... 99 and change percent of the time, no problem. Uh, this was a nationwide broadband outage, and it was uh, bad, and it was several hours. And, um, yeah, it impacted lots of different services. So typically you should wait because it's seconds, but this was not. But let's be very clear. It doesn't matter. No pun intended. I don't care. <laughs> it's whether so it's, easy to have pun. I don't care name. whether it's CenturyLink or anything yeah. else. We own it. We're sorry, and we care deeply. And she should know that. No more girl on girl crime. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Good. <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. We got to wrap this up. This has been really, really interesting. So let's just get to. So, where, what's one destination you would want our listeners to think about if they, if they haven't before to visit? I'm very biased domestically to Miami. If you live on the East Coast, it has become the biggest no-brainer. It is uh, Manhattan on the water. It, it a flight leaves every 20 minutes. It is two and a half hours. You watch and one. You can movie, even fly live flats JFK to. That's a, I, I have an apartment in Miami and a. It's, you can fly live flat 767s and 757s. But we just need clear at American Airlines. Well, you'd have to talk to American Airlines about <laughs> that. We've tried. So you'd be surprised how many people at Miami Airport are begging for it and go through the E-terminal to get through the D-gates, um, which talks so, to the power of clear. But I'd say Miami and then internationally, London is... Again, it's just so easy to get to, and it's a step back in time, and yet so what hotels in the do you future... Like in Good question. There's so many. The London good ones. scene is so I'm good. really willing yep. to try lots of different yeah. ones because I think that there's so many different yeah. kind of characters, if you will. And the you don't, you don't have any good. hotel partnerships yet, do you? Um, like, no. Not, that would be I'm cool, like though. Thinking to have. before <laughs> I say the answer. No. Um, so, last thing, because I love to end on self promotion, because I'm a shameless self promoter. So, where. If people want clear at Miami, at stadiums, where should people request that clear is added? What's the most impactful? Like, It's interesting. I've seen people tweeting and then, you know, at clear and then at someplace else. And so I always think that that's very public. Like, of course, email us. But, you know, then we have to just reiterate what you said. So I think. But it's like, you, would, a, would you tell a sports team or would you tell a stadium manager? Like who? Oh, I like see. an airport management company? To yeah, email? I mean, I think that the airports read their 
You know, I have to say, San Francisco Airport is one of the most customer-centric airports. The Denver Airport, so customer-centric. They're so focused on, uh, and you see that in the airport experience there. Uh, and so I think that they're, you tweet at the airport, tweet at the mayor. Um, and from stadium owners, I think at the teams. But but I have to say, I don't even know that they need tweeting. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe six years ago they did. We're now getting phone calls. Yeah. We're now getting people who are thinking about all sorts of interesting ways to integrate it. So, uh, you know. You're, you're officially the cool kid on the block. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm the kid who got all A's, and my dad said, what'd you get the B in? So I guess, like, you know. Final never thought. Good enough. What are you most excited about in 2019 for Clear? I'm most excited to add facial to our modality platform. I think that's really important. Fingerprints, iris, face. Excited. So that's most um, and to roll out our mobile product as well. So that's very exciting. And I think that's step function from an ease of enrollment, not for the airport checkpoint experience, but for so many other experiences and continuing to, to build city and vertical ecosystems. Well, Karen, thank you for joining Talking Points and best of luck with Clear as a happy paying member myself. Um, you've built a really awesome platform. Thank you. Thanks for your membership. Safe travels. That's it for this episode of Talking Points. Thanks again to our guests, Karen Seidman Becker. You are an inspiration. Again, I'm your host, Brian Kelly, and this episode was produced by Caroline Chagrin and Jessica Rovniak with editing by Ryan Gabus. Our music's by Breakmaster Cylinder, and a special thanks to Adam Kotkin and Mike Bruno. If you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded this podcast. But more importantly, tell your friends. The more people we have listening, the more episodes we'll make. And if you tag me on Instagram at Brian Kelly or use the hashtag talking points on social media, I might even give you a shout out. See you next week. And until then, safe travels. <laughs>